we, you know, this has been, a, I would say personally, a, internally, a very emotional week. You know, last weekend was so good to be back together. Uh, as one who, uh, you know, has been staring into the lens of a camera for two, for two months to get to back with live people and actually you, you, you tell a joke and you get some response, it's good, right? And, uh, and it, it was great. And then we rolled into Memorial Day, a wonderful time with family. But Memorial Day is a tough day too. You know, I, many of us know people that uh, gave up their, their life in the war. I was thinking of my friend Troy and all of that. And then we rolled into Tuesday. And in fact, we were able to keep our grandkids Monday night. It was wonderful. So Tuesday, I was tired. Um, and then we, uh, I think it was later in the day on Tuesday, I began to see some of these first reports about the situation that took place up in uh, Minneapolis with George Floyd and I don't know if you know the story I think most people probably have and how uh, you know under being arrested uh, you know he was killed and your, your heart just breaks and you know there's just it's like a punch in the gut and I, and here's the thing I, I got to be honest with you as I was dealing with it I mean one of my first thoughts was uh, I, I wonder what else is going to come out because, you know, the last few years we've had these stories put out and it, you, you get all f feeling one way and then all of a sudden more comes out later and, and then you go, oh man, we didn't know the whole story and then that made me kind of aggravated that who do you even trust anymore, right? Who, who's telling the truth out there? Uh, but it was, the, the reality was it didn't matter, it was just wrong and and, and so in the midst of all of this, and, and I want to be really careful today, because I think it's one of the problems that we have in our society. I don't want to, I don't want to ascribe motive, because I don't know. I don't know if it's a racism thing. I don't know if it's a socioeconomic thing. I don't know if it's a, just a bad cop thing. I don't, in fact, I saw something this morning where maybe even they had relationship before. I don't know. All I know is it was wrong. And then, of course, we know that in our country we have this issue with racism and we've had it and it's just, it's, it's just incredibly sad, the brokenness of our country and, and that we can't get past this. And, and it just, ah, my heart was sick. And then, you know, there for a while it was thinking, okay, man, I see everybody kind of coalescing around this, but then the politics got involved. And, uh, and then on top of all that, I'm preparing for today because we are having communion. Communion. I mean, folk, there is no place in the entire world, the universe where there is more equality than at the cross of Christ. Because it does not matter. It does not matter if you're black, white, red, or yellow. It does not matter if you're Jew or Gentile. It does not matter what, what race you were born into. It does not matter what church you belong to. It does not matter what your forefathers did. It does not matter what you did. We are all there in the same exact place. We are all sinners in needing of grace. One of the most wonderful memories of my life is one of those high points. And I knew it at the time, and it, and it was just precious. 
years ago, I, I was able to travel to a, a, uh, a meeting of Christian nationals from all across the country in, in uh, Dhaka, Bangladesh, and we had communion together. And I want you to know there was every shade of pigmentation under the sky from the four corners of the earth men and women and there were the rich because there was some there was some supporters who gave and gave a lot and there was some really poor poor people there and being able to take communion because at the foot of the cross we are all the same we're all the same and my mind just kept going back to this passage. It wasn't the passage I was preparing, and, but it's Ephesians. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And for those of you that are home, grab your Bible or find, find the Bible app there on your phone. Turn to, with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Because here's the thing that most people don't understand. The church was born in a culture where there was great division. At that time, it was not the pigmentation of the skin that created the problem. It was the ethnicity that created the problem. It was Jew and Gentile. It was Jew and Greek. It was Jew and the barbarians. And the Jews were the one who had been given the prophets. And it's the Jews that the one that were given the word of God. And it was the Jews the one that was the promised Messiah. And yet when now the church is being built, it is everyone comes because it has nothing to do and Paul writes these words starting in verse 11 he says therefore remember that formerly you the Gentiles in the flesh who are called the uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision which is performed in the flesh by human hands remember that you were at that time separate from Christ excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in the ordinances so that in himself he might make the two into one new man thus establishing peace and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the en enemy then notice down in verse 19 so then you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household folks when we come to the time of taking communion, we have, we have to understand that there is no, absolutely no place for racism. There is no place for favoritism. There is no place in any place that comes into Christianity with looking at some as better than and others as less than. Because the whole aspect is, is that we were all in need of a savior. We were all lost. We were all condemned. We were all in our sin. And Jesus died for us. And Jesus died for us. That's why, quite honestly, the church should be the most accepting, loving, 
non-biased place in the entire world. Now, sadly, historically, it's not what the church has been. But yet we who are in Christ have got to understand that's, that's what the cross is about. And we take communion today. We've got to understand that, that this, is, this is to be that place because this is what Jesus did. He died to break down the wall of separation. And he didn't care one hoot the color of your skin or where you came from. All he cares is that you come to him in a humble heart putting your faith and trust in him. And by the way, if you're here today and you've not made that decision, I've got the best news in all the world. You can know that today. You can know forgiveness. You can know that God has forgiven your sins and given you the promise of heaven. It's found in Jesus. There's a second thing that I've been noticing that I think we have to understand that the cross shouts against and that is, I've sensed it even within the community of the church. There's, over the last couple months, that there has been a lot of anger. There's been a lot of anger towards those who have not seen this pandemic, who have not seen the whole events that have played themselves out the same way as them. For some, it's, it's the fact that people haven't taken it serious enough and they're angry and they're upset. And for others, it's that they're taking it way too serious. And, and then there's those that are out there that, that feel like, okay, hey, our, our rights are being, are, are being taken. And, and folk, please, now listen to me. I'm not, getting it all, I'm not at all getting political today. In fact, if you start going there, you've missed my whole point. The point is, we all have opinions. You all come here, you know I got opinions, right? And mine are right. So, you know, it's, it's a fun place to be, right? We have opinions and there's nothing wrong with that. But the cross reminds us that our reaction to others who do not hold our opinions is not to be anger, but it is to be love. I mean, think about it from God's perspective. We, who had rejected everything that he had given us, we had rejected his perfect paradise, we had rejected his laws, we had rejected his prophets. You, th you think that if anyone had the right to be angry, it would have been God, right? But the cross reminds us that God did not come to us in anger. He came to us in love. For God so loved the world. So during the quarantine, I, one of the, we were in Philippians. One of the messages was on contentment. And somebody wrote me and says, Steve, you know, I, I'm struggling with this whole thing with contentment because I kind of am seeing this as, you know, that, hey, they're, they're trying to take away our rights that we have. And, and, and I kind of see it as a conspiracy. And again, I'm not saying I see it the same way, but I understand, I understand why, why, you know, they feel that way. And my point to them was just simply this, you know, we are America. We had the right to vote. You ought to vote. You ought to get involved. I, nothing wrong with that. But we have to always remember this world is not our home. We are citizens of heaven first and foremost. And that means that we have to deal with one another in love. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
<laughs> you remember Jesus when he's being beaten unjustly? He didn't. Didn't that lash out in anger? When he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. The cross reminds us that whether we, people agree with this, disagree with this, they see it in a different way, we've got to deal in love. The third thing is the cross reminds us that we cannot live in fear. We have to live in hope. I mean, what do we have to fear, right? A, Jesus died on the cross to forgive us so that we could go and be with him, right? To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So if all of this plays out, whether it's the pandemic or whatever that's going on, and, and, and it just means that I get home earlier than what I was planning on, I'm still going home. That's going to be a good day. What do I have to fear? And oh, by the way, the one who died for me also three days later rose from the dead. He's alive. Our Redeemer lives. And he's at work in all of this. And so whatever happens tomorrow, I know that he's with me. Whatever, whatever comes my way tomorrow, I know that he's at work. By the way, doesn't the cross point us to the fact that when it seems like the world is out of control, God's up to something? I mean, think of the disciples of Jesus who their whole dreams were crashed at the death of Christ. And yet at the death of Christ, God was doing the greatest work the world had ever seen. Ah, we cannot live in fear. We have to live in hope. And so th today I want to do something. I, I want us to pray. And I want us to pray for our country. I want us to pray for ourselves that we could live out this gospel. That maybe if there's even those things of, of racism in our heart that we don't see, that God would reveal it to us. That we would live in hope. That we would live with love. We need to pray for our president. We need to pray for the governors in these, in these areas. And so however you like to pray, here at home, if you like to sit, fine. You, you like to kneel, that's what I'm going to do, you can kneel with me. You like to stand and pray, however it is, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. I'm going to lead us if you'll pray while I'm praying and let's talk to the Lord. But see, I just, my big prayer is that in this dark hour, and, and folk, I got to be honest with you, I think, we're, I think we're in for some rough days here as a country. But you know, we, we've kind of rejected the gospel. We pushed God out of the classroom. We've turned a lot of different stuff and none of it's working. Maybe this will be the thing that God will use to bring our nation back to himself. And if we as his church will pray and seek and say, Lord, here am I, that might be exactly what he'll do. So would you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, as we come to you today, we come very humbly. Lord, we love our nation. We are so thankful for the freedoms that we have had to worship you. We are thankful for the prosperity that we've had. 
Lord, we know that our nation is not perfect. Lord, we acknowledge that we've turned our back on you. Lord, today I also want to acknowledge, Lord, that your church has has certainly not lived perfectly in this world over these, in this nation, Lord, over these years. We've not always been that place, Lord, of, of love and acceptance. And God, I ask that you would forgive us. Lord, we sometimes have reacted in anger instead of in love. We've lived in fear instead of hope. But God, I am so thankful for the cross that, Lord, it is open to all. And at the foot of the cross, there is no Jew or Gentile, bond or free, man or woman, white, black, yellow, red. Lord, we are just there as sinners who have been saved by your grace. And God, I pray that in the humility of that, that we would live. I do want to pray for our president today, our vice president, the leaders of our Congress. I want to pray for the governors, Lord, especially in these states where this, the, the rioting and the chaos has just has gotten so bad. I pray, God, that you would give them wisdom. I pray you would put, like with Nebuchadnezzar of old, godly people like Daniel who would be their, their counselor, Lord, that they would seek your wisdom. And Father, my prayer is, is that even in these dark moments that you would use it to bring our nation back to you. Lord, we have turned away from you. We've tried to kick you out. We've tried to say that we know better. And Lord, there's, a, there's just a whole host of people out there, Lord, who seemingly have no sense of purpose, no sense of, uh, Lord, of grace. And Father, I pray that you would do what only you can do and that Lord, you would bring revival to our land. And Father, I know that historically, whenever revival has come, it's always started with your people. And Lord, we want to say, you can start with us. Lord, reveal the things in our heart maybe we don't even see about our own biases, our own senses of racism. Lord, uh, in places where we have not loved one another well, where we have not been intentional to live on mission with the gospel. And Father, even this morning as we have that chance to participate in communion and we remember, Lord, that we are all one. We are all equal in your sight. And that we are to live in, to, in love and not in anger and hope and not in fear. Lord, I pray that you would encourage our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.